teachers are leaders. And we're here to emphasize the good in education, one practice, method, idea, or trend at a time. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Teachers Are Leaders podcast, brought to you by the Warren Instructional Network, and I'm your host, Andrea Coachman. We are back for another absolutely amazing episode with an amazing guest. I am here today with the Kinder through Fifth Grade Language Arts Coordinator in Leander ISD, Laurel Dunn. Laurel, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I am very excited and I did I meant to meant to mention this before but Lauren also wanted me to tell you hello so added the heights of Lauren Brisbane you're one of my favorites and an extra shout out (laughs) exactly okay so Laurel you have worn a lot of hats in your career as an educator one because I mean you are wrapping on, I guess, I don't know, wrapping up. Is it counted as wrapping up when you're in March? I feel like that's the, like the last quarter of a school year. Yeah. Whenever you're planning for August and new teacher launch, (laughs) then you are wrapping up this school year. (laughs) Yes. So you are wrapping up your 32nd year in education. That is amazing. Gosh. And in those 32 years, you have had the privilege and the opportunity. You have taught special ed you taught middle school, you were a reading recovery teacher, you taught kindergarten, which I love. (laughs) Like what a difference, kindergarten through middle school. I love it. But then have served 18 years at central office in Leander ISD. That is correct. That is awesome. And so I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine. Well, and that's a lot. I, I always, um, I don't know when I look at like district coordinators, it's such a, a hard role because you're trying to keep your eye on that big picture and that, you know, overarching umbrella and supporting everybody. But then at the same time, you want to keep, you know, a a pulse on that day-to-day classroom instruction the nitty gritty curriculum. So it's a very interesting balance, I feel like. Yes, I think that that is a good thing. How do you keep your your ear to the road for what teachers are saying, that your ear to the road for what's coming, mm-hmm. being ahead, dealing with uh, here and now? Yeah, well, and so being in your current role for as long as you have, you also have been through two reading adoptions. Two reading adoptions. Yes, some ma'am. some people might say you're a little crazy for doing that. What's <laughs> enough? Yeah, you know what? You should never say never. So I said one time, I will never do another uh, adoption. I will never go through another adoption. So I I want to take that back from the universe and amend that to my plan is not to do another adoption. Yes, leave it open. Yeah, plan to not. I can, I can appreciate that. I do like to say, I tell my sisters all the time, you never say never. Like there's a reason that is a phrase because it'll, it kind of kicks you in the booty every time. Yes. Call it back from the universe. I made a mistake. Yes. Using that absolute. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. Um, okay. Well, so in gosh, all of that experience, 
and in the, you know, the different roles and the support that you've provided, think through and share what is a favorite, a favorite memory that you have either as, as one being educated or as an educator. So that's an easy one for me um, because it just stands out and it's always something that comes back in my mind um, often um, as I think about, you know, just um, the importance of kids learning to read and how much work it is for mm -hmm. kids to learn to read and write. And so now it's been 20, 21 years ago that I was a special education teacher in the elementary world. And I had a group of second graders mm -hmm. and they are, were all um, had their unique um, strengths and needs, but they were all really striving readers. And so I just remember going to my principal and saying, um, I've worked for nine weeks. So it was October. I've worked for nine weeks and they know no more words now than they did whenever they started the school year. And so it, it's not. I'm not doing something right. And I was pulling in all that I knew of right. reading recovery. I had been to some very specific dyslexia training. I was pulling in everything I knew and willing. They had the attitudes oh. of readers yeah. willing, but just, you know, learn, you know, I wrote a, the word the on the board and what's this word? We practiced it. I erased it. I wrote it again what's this word? And they were like, dog, cat. Oh, and, wow. you know, so I knew that I, uh, I, I didn't have the right tools. Yeah. It wasn't the right approach. And so, you know, fortunately I was working here in this, my current district and with amazing support. And I asked um, one of the special education coordinators, um, you know, what are you thinking? And so she gave me another tool. So we tried it. And then I saw progress and, you know, and so the, we had to go for a site, uh, a word reading approach, but, and, you know, you hear that being a little bashed right now, but right. that wasn't the approach we stuck with. Let's get you some words mm -hmm. so that then we can, you know, cause we were always reading aloud. We were always putting it back in text. We were always doing all of the things, but, but that um, one of the students who had been, so, you know, this is second grade. Mm -hmm. um, she had, this student had repeated a grade. So yeah. she was behind. We weren't right. making any progress. And um, then at, whenever we tried some new tools, she started making progress. And I asked her, what's different now than before? Yeah. And she said, well, I, you tell me what the word is. And it was like print had been this mystery because one morning she got out of her car. Uh, you know, I was at the front on duty and mm -hmm. she got out of the car and she said, Miss Dunn, today or this weekend, I word the, read the words car wash. Oh, and I mean, that is my favorite memory that yeah. she uh, the the world of print had been unlocked for her, and then she just progressed. And um, today she is a teacher. Oh, Some 20 years later, she is a teacher. So she had the you know the disposition of a reader. She just was missing the skills, and we worked until she got those skills. Yes, you did. I wasn't going to give up because I knew I'm pulling out all of the stops, and you know no words. 
Right. No more words than you did at the beginning of the year. And oh. I was not satisfied. <laughs> no, <laughs> of course. Wow. Well, I mean, it makes sense that that's a memory that, you know, sticks with you through all of the years and all of your work. And, you know, I think, gosh, thinking through, you know, we really try to arm teachers with as many tools as we can. You know, everybody talks about like, what's in your toolbox? What can you, what can you pull out when you need it? But so reaching the bottom of your toolbox and coming up empty and it's like, okay, well now what else can I try? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that makes a lot of sense though, because, you know, obviously we've, we have talked before and connected before. And I know that, you know, for you guys and the work that you're doing, your big purpose in Leander is about attitudes and aptitudes. And so I feel like I like to make connections to think. And so I, but I feel like with that student, she had the attitude, but she needed the support to get the aptitude. And so clearly that has not, that has not left you in from when you were the second grade teacher to now. Right. Cause we just, I, I think about, you know, the other students that were in that same group, some of them didn't have either the attitudes or the aptitudes and um, Birkins and Yaris, I think have a book called reading wellness. And, mm-hmm. and they talk about, you know, somebody who can read, but doesn't, or says they don't like to read, aren't they? Uh, and you have two students, the student who can read, but doesn't, and says he doesn't like to read. And this student who is a striving reader that um, has lots of people focused on their reading, reads at home, views themselves as a reader, has a good attitude about reader. But we always say that the striving student is the one we're worried about. Mm-hmm. Well, in with Birkins and Yaris, they talk about who is really the most well in that scenario. Yeah. And so that just really had me, you know, just me thinking about, it's not just about ability or aptitude, Mm -hmm. the skill of reading and writing. Um, It's the attitude as well, because if we can, but don't, did we set kids up for success? And so I believe that literacy is a right for every student. I believe there's not one way to teach kids how to read or write. And it's about supporting teachers to know what tools they have at their disposal and that they have the freedom to meet the needs of the students because the you know, we want to be um, firm in our outcomes, but flexible in our means to achieve those outcomes. Oh, I love that. Firm and flexible. Well, and I do think, I mean, in oh, thinking about being in an elementary classroom and you know, the students that come in, obviously in a perfect world, you get kiddos who come in on grade level and you're ready to rock and roll. And as a teacher, cool, let's do this, right? I'm going to, I'm going to have my read aloud. We're going to work through grade level material and we are going to, we're going to read, we're going to write, everybody's going to grow and then we're going to move on. But I don't know if there are any classrooms like that. I think that, you know, there's probably more that are the exact opposite where you have you know, a handful of kids who are coming in on grade level, you have a hand a handful who are above. And then you have your kiddos who aren't where they need to be. And so being able to give what what are we, what are we firm in? What are the outcomes we expect and how do we get there? But then giving that flexibility, I think is 
very integral to experiencing success you know, in a classroom and as a teacher nowadays. Yeah, absolutely. Because that um, array of students in your classroom mm -hmm. is wide and they, and wide across so many different layers. Yeah. What do I like? What do, right. how do I feel about school? How do I feel about learning? How do I feel about reading, writing, math, science, you know, all of the things. All the things. Yes. So how, how do you attack providing that? I mean, how, what did, how did you decide what the, what you were firm on and where the flexibility comes in? So I think that for, for me and my team, we really um, let our beliefs or our values. I have read the book, um, Adam Grant's Think Again, and he talks about um, values stay the same, beliefs are what could change. And so I used to be all about, yeah, I'm firm in my beliefs. Mm -hmm. um, and then Adam Grant, it's making me think again about which words <laughs> I choose to use. So I'm just going to go with my beliefs, my beliefs about um, students and teachers. And, you know, all, our teachers are amazing and they are working for the individual needs of each one of their students. And our, our students are all different. And so we have to be flexible in how we um can approach um, the outcomes that we're going for. We provide a real structured framework to mm -hmm. work in. So mm -hmm. a workshop model um, in Leander that is present kinder through 12th grade. Mm -hmm. and, and we provide some amazing resources for our teachers um, to leverage, but um, we want our teachers to be responsive to the kids in front of them. Uh, I, I think about, um, I think that all kids have strengths. And so it's about tapping into their strengths. They're really leaning into um, what are those beliefs that guide the work that we do um, day to day. Whenever we um, went through our last adoption cycle, we um, read the introduction from the book, um, the Teacher You Want to Be, which is a collection of essays that just thinking about what are the beliefs that guide the work that you do day in and day out. Mm -hmm. And just to set the stage for what are those beliefs that we hold in Leander ISD right. that are going to guide um, the uh, our adoption process. Because, we, you know, if we have these beliefs, the around whole and we uh, purchase something that's a square, right? You know, we, I've been there working to put a square peg in a round hole and that's a lot of work. Yeah. It's not very easy. <laughs> and whenever we can break align our beliefs with our actions, then, you know, that's where, um, it's still work and, you know, it's still, um, because, uh, supporting the variety of teachers mm -hmm. in their in own interpretation of, you know, what are these resources and right. what, how does this fit? So we have to be responsive to our teachers as well. Well, but I think that's exactly, you know, what you want, right? Like we, we practice what we preach. So if you want teachers to be responsive, then as that, you know, in that position of, leadership and leading the teachers, then how can you be responsive to their needs and to providing that support? I think that's, I think that's awesome. I mean, I love the, uh, we talk a lot about 
I really like concrete. Like that's where I thrive when I can picture it and see it. And so, you know, knowing, having the, like, these are the Leander ISD beliefs. And then here's your framework structure. Like that's concrete to me. I can fit, <laughs> I can fit in those boxes. Here are my resources. Here's how to do it. But then knowing, and I'm going to assume that one of the beliefs is that you know, you believe that every student can learn in some shape, form, or fashion. Every student can learn and that we're going to meet them where they are and support them to get through that learning. But, you know, knowing that, knowing that you can do that is powerful. That's, it's hard as a teacher, feel like you have to get through A, B, C, and D in, in general, but then with the road bumps that can come along the way, knowing that it is okay to have that flexibility and support your students. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. So in 2018, I think it was 2018, I went to the Fountas and Pinnell mm-hmm. um, workshop. Yes. Institute. 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 Yes. Yeah. And so they talked about, you know, that um, if your teachers can say back to you what the beliefs are or what mm. the, the district vision mm-hmm. is, then, you know, you need to work until that is established. And so um, we have our clear purpose statement, building literacy attitudes and aptitudes for life. Um, and I was very, we were very specific not to say for school success or for right. secondary readiness for life, life. because yes. that's just what it is. Um, we have a clear vision for what we want to see in every classroom for every child, every classroom, every day. Mm-hmm. And so that's, you know, our vision, what we want to see, reading, writing, listening, speaking, thinking every yes. day. And then um, we have a mission statement that helps us, you know, a mission is how are you going to get there? Like an army mission. Yes. Jay McTie helped debunk those words for me. And so, you know, he said, you know, a mission like army mission. And I was yes. like, mm. That was a dumb moment. (laughs) (laughs) He made it concrete. So of course, if you're going to be language arts, it's going Mm -hmm. to be an acronym. And so ours is opportunity, access, responsive teaching, which if you take the first letters of those, the opportunity, access, responsive, then you have an or. Yes. Which gets you there. So we actually have an actual or. That this summer will travel with us. Oh, how fun. I love it. It's like a little mascot. I guess it wouldn't be a mascot. Yeah. Does a mascot have to be a living thing? Is that? I think that it, I don't think so. (laughs) Well, mascot is what came to my mind, but a symbol. Because we have lightning bolts in our district. Yeah. So I think, yes, it could be our little mascot. We we need to paint it up and add, yes. you know, those things for us. Um, for so sure I have stopped trying to give away books if you can name the Leander purpose because they throw out the vision and yeah. every child, every classroom, every day. Yes, that, but that's not it. <laughs> right. Dig deep. So, yes. Now I just give away books just because, and oh. then- I feel like once you've given away so many books, you can't stop giving away books. Well, yes. So whenever you set the precedence that yes. if I visit your campus, I'm bringing a book with exactly. me and I will leave this book with you mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. Yes. I know it becomes an expectation. It does. 
And then now I'm getting books in return. You know, people are yes. turning around and giving me books. And, you know, I saw this book and I thought that you should have it so you could talk this book. Yes. Of course. Take all of the books. I know. Yeah. I, I feel like that has to be a, um, a prerequisite to being like a language arts person is there is absolutely some sort of love of books in some shape, form or fashion. I definitely think yes. <laughs> and then to instill that love. Yeah. Um, so this summer, our Leander is going to host our first ever lit love yeah. symposium. Yes. And we're very excited. It's going to be K-12. And um, we are just really excited to spend a day. We have a tagline that I have not memorized yet. Um, celebrating the joy and passion of literacy, I think maybe our tagline. Yeah. But I got to get better at remembering that yeah. tagline. You have time. And then, so we want it to, to, you know, we're calling it our first annual so that then we have to have a second and a yes. third and a fourth yes. um, just to celebrate all of the greatness of literacy. Um, John Shu, which if you don't know John Shu, you should follow at Mr. Shu Reads on all of the socials mm. because he is the number one book talker and I, so I talk books and give away books mm -hmm. because I learned that from him. Oh, so you must follow at Mr. She Reads. And he um, wrote a book that um, it is just amazing. Um, the Gift of Story. Just oh. thinking about how stories are. Uh, you have stories of the heart and stories of generosity and all of these different types of stories and how all stories touch you. That's just amazing. And so he's going to be our keynote. And we're so thrilled about that. And Holly from Patterns of Power is going You're to up. be our closing keynote. Yes. And I just think about the power of language and words and how that just, you know, the day is going to be bookmarked so nicely. Ugh. That is going to be super powerful. I feel like, you know, you work over the summer and at the beginning of the school year, you know, on like, what are the things that you need? Here are the things to put in your toolbox. Here's your curriculum. And then you, you go in right fast and furious. It starts and it, teachers are working throughout the year on, on using all of these things and experiencing everything and working to get their students to grow. But then it feels like, I mean, this lit love symposium is it's kind of like a showcase. It's a, it's an opportunity to kind of share and celebrate all of the amazing things that, you know, happen throughout the year. Yes. And we want for teachers just to, you know, ruminate all summer. So it's going to be at the beginning of June. And then that can just ruminate all summer in what's the um, literacy environment that we hope to establish um, over in our classroom whenever we launch, you know, so not heavy, heavy. We're going to give books away. We're going to have a book mixer, you know, where Ooh. people bring a book, get a book. Yes. Um, we, we're excited about the possibility. We need to rein it in, you know, being this first one. <laughs> well, ever. Hey, I don't know. You plan, plan big. Like, why not? That yes. is exciting. We have lots of dreams and visions in Leander <laughs> because we have a reading wellness committee. Yeah. 
that is working to, um, you know, just think about um, what grows a reader and yeah. how are we, you know, growing empowered, active, and joyful readers. We have a, a we have a desire to have a book vending machine in every one of our yes. campuses. Yes. We have one, and then between the secondary coordinator and I, we secured a working old snack vending machine uh -huh. that we have on a campus that they are working to see if they it can be outfitted to dispense books. And then I just saw on uh, Instagram, Penguin Random House mm -hmm. um, showcased their book vending machines that's just a desire. Yeah. That's a dream. I love that. I won't say I, I will retire when we have a yeah. machine in every campus because that's just a, that's a work in progress. Yes. But a great goal. <laughs> yes. If every campus could have a vending machine for books, that would be a great time to retire. <laughs> yeah. Who um, knows what else? Yeah, no. And well, but I love that because who, who does know what else, but I, but I do feel it's very clear, like coming back to, you know, your, your purpose, your vision, your mission statement. And if it is about, you know, every child every day, then it sounds like you're creating an environment that supports those things. And that, you know, to me, I think would be the ultimate goal is that you can't go to a campus in Leander ISD and not pick up on that vibe. Absolutely. Yep. We're, we're in progress towards that. And so hopefully our actions, you yes. know, can bring those things to full fruition. Absolutely. Well, I, I feel like we're going to have to put the symposium on our calendars. I think, I think you should, because I would invite my Warren friends. Yes, definitely. yes. You know, we love an opportunity to see and learn about books and great literacy practices. Yeah, we won't even make you present. We'll just invite you to be there. <laughs> Better. <laughs> I love it. Come okay. and learn with us. Yeah, um, yes, because, well, and I feel like that, obviously, we love, we love presenting and supporting and being in districts however we can, but we also love to learn and books. We love books. <laughs> yes. Oh. Yep. Okay. So thinking about the work that you guys are doing and, you know, obviously you and your team, your team that works together, you know, within the K-5 world, but also with your secondary counterpart. I mean, you guys are working together and you're creating, you know, the systems and the structures and the routines to support these beliefs. But what what does this what does this mean or what could this look like for you know other districts or other teachers? What what's it what do we need to take away from the work that you guys are doing? That's a really great question. Because and I think that it just really um comes down to are you real firm on what beliefs or values got what you believe or value about literacy? And then are your actions aligned to those things? Yes. Ugh. I mean, it, that, it's a hard question. And that was a very brief answer. No, <laughs> I, but I think it's perfect. And I think it aligns obviously to everything that you've been saying. It's, it's very easy, you know, not, and not that anybody needs to justify anything, but it's very easy to say, this is why we're doing this because this is our belief. 
And when you have that foundation that then everything comes back to, I just, I mean, it makes perfect sense. It's very clear. Yeah, make sure. I mean, that's the work that, that's why I can stand behind the work that we do. Yeah. Because we are firm on what we believe or value and that we really work to align those things. And sometimes people point something out and we reflect on those things and yeah. we make adjustments where we can. And we always have the things like state testing and right. accountability and those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But um, if we had readers who performed well on a test, but they hated reading or hated writing, I would not sleep that well at night. Oh, for sure. For sure. And that's definitely not what I want for my kiddos who are just at the very beginning of school. Yeah. You know, in the, in the, the dream about schools, we have this dream where kids would be around the filling their water bottles at the water bottle station. And they would be talking about the books that they're reading, Uh, the ones that their teacher read in class and those that they're just reading on their own. So, you know, mm -hmm. who knows? Who knows? Hey, but what a, what a, you know, a a vision and a world to try to achieve. Yes. I'll live in that world. (laughs) I'll live there with you. Yes. Yes. Oh, amazing. Well, gosh, Laurel, thank you. I took so many notes from this conversation and I really appreciate your, your time and your insight. I am going to, I feel like without maybe even knowing it or I think this is just ingrained in you and who you are. You shared so many books in this, throughout this conversation. And I am going to list and link every single one of them in the episode notes, because I think that is, I mean, I mean, I know that I already have the teacher you want to be in my shopping cart. I will not tell my husband that. Um, Well, I I live by the, the motto. If you haven't sold a book, cause somebody to go somewhere and buy a book. It wasn't a good day. So this is a good day. (laughs) Check that off the list. (laughs) Awesome. Well, and then, I mean, how, I feel like you're active on Twitter. I feel like I see you on my, on my feed. I'm more active on Instagram. Okay. Twitter. Well, do you, would you mind sharing your, your hand? Is it, is it a handle on Instagram? I'm, I think Instagram is my work. That's where I get all of the great book. Yes. Uh, recommendations. You should follow all of the kid publishers. You should follow what? big people. Okay. And I am L done four, five, eight four on Instagram. Perfect. And I am going to include that because I feel like if even if people just get another opportunity to get a book, I think that is amazing. My Twitter handle is yes. at Laurel Dunn, L-I-S-D. Okay, perfect. And I am a great retweeter. Yes. You know what? I feel like they're, I feel like what I like about Twitter is that maybe I didn't see something, but somebody retweeted it and then it comes across my feed. So no. I think tweeting and retweeting great content on the, on the Twitter. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much. I mean, I seriously appreciate 
just being able to hear, you know, your, your perspective and the work that you guys are doing. And I wasn't kidding. I'm probably, I'm going to try to crash the symposium this summer because I think it's going to be great. Well, we invite you. Um, you have an official invitation. Yes. So everybody, you know, listening to the podcast knows you've been officially invited. You did not crash. And thank crash. you for having me. Um, I just enjoy the podcast so much because I learn so much. Um, I, I take notes and I'm like, oh, that book, that book, Aww. that book. I have some policy and education books that y'all yes. recommended in one. I know. That was that, good. that was from, reading. Yes, that's the the challenging reading. I'm pretty sure that one was from Cindy's episode. Yes, it was. Yeah, Rachel Gabriel's book also. Love me some Cindy Wadley. I know, I know. <laughs> she is the best. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. I know we will chat again, Um, but for today, thank you. This was awesome. Absolutely. Thank you. You're welcome. And that's a wrap. Thanks for joining us again for another episode of Teachers Are Leaders. Feel free to rate, review, and subscribe. We are, you know, wherever you find your podcast. And if you're looking for us outside of the podcast world, we are on Twitter at WarrenINPD. And our website is WarrenINPD.com. Hope to see you soon. Thanks.